What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Baum. And I, of course, am your host, Mike Baum. And whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a new listener, I greatly appreciate you hopping aboard the pirate ship. And if you're a returning listener, I appreciate the continued love and support. On Twitter, you can find me at Mike V. Bauman. And on Instagram, you can follow the podcast at March 4th Pod. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. You're here, so you found me somehow, and I appreciate you. Thank you again, man, for uh, for rolling with me in 2021. Here we are. Had a great uh, couple of episodes to start off the new year with Clint Lowry of Seven Dust, John Amato of Jute Mode Clothing Company out of my hometown in Toledo, Ohio. Make sure you check out those guys jupemode.com j-u-p-m-o-d-e.com and if you're listening to this and you're a rock and roll or alt metal or metal fan or hard rock fan obviously you know about clint lowry and seven dust so it was a great way to start off the new year great times in this podcast and 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 i'm just really looking forward to 2021 in general man you know putting 2020 in the rear view and really looking forward to what's on the horizon and uh and i think a lot of us share that you know what i mean i think this is the first time in my life where a lot of us are really in the same boat, you know, not to not to speak any more about it than you've already heard on the news and that uh, you've already experienced in your own life. But I mean, with COVID-19, man, it really, really leveled the playing field out there. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, who you are, what part of the world you're from. It doesn't matter who you are. You know what song I'm talking about. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it, it really doesn't matter what part of the world you're from or, you know, what kind of job you have, what your income status is, man. I think... You know, for me, this this virus has really put the focus on my my mental and physical health. You know, it really brought it more to the forefront. And just, uh, you know, when it comes to things like this, you know, how important it is to take care of yourself, how important it is to have your mind right, get decent sleep, you know, make sure your, your diet and your exercise are on point. And make sure that you're controlling your input so you can control your output. You know what I mean? Not to get too philosophical, but... Uh, you know, there was a great motivational video a couple of years ago that Joe Rogan did with the company on it, uh, O-N-N-I-T, not a sponsor, but if they want to sponsor, hit me up on it. Um, I digress, but it was a great motivation, motivational video where Joe Rogan was just talking about, you can be the, you know, be the hero of your own movie, you know, and how we live in unique times and, you know, really you can, you can filter, you know, what, what's coming in and what's coming out. And, and I think that's so important because a lot of us get caught up, I think, in just the day-to-day grind and we forget, you know, I don't need to pay attention to that negative stuff. I don't need to pay attention to those negative people. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to get, you know, bogged down by and, 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 and sink in, in the muck of all of that negative energy. You know what I mean? And a lot of it we create ourselves, you know, as somebody who struggles with anxiety and has OCD tendencies and irrational fears and sometimes I go down these delusional rabbit holes like oh did that happen and it's and it's all just in my head it's like you know we we really have the ability to you know manifest our own destiny in a lot of ways and so whatever your circumstances are you know I'm, I'm very fortunate you know I grew up with two hard-working parents uh, who taught me to live by the golden rule treat people how you want to be treated regardless of their color or their you know religious or socioeconomic background or you know, whatever they're into, like if, you know, be cool to people. It doesn't matter where they come from or what they look like. Just treat people how you want to be treated. And I'm really thankful that my parents brought me up with that. But but I'm also lucky that, that I had parents who kept a roof over my head. And I had parents that even when they got divorced when I was 11 years old, they, you know, they, they, they 
eventually put put aside their differences because they realize like hey we, we don't want to fight in front of the kids when we do see each other when when we drop them off at at the house or whatever and you know and and uh so i'm, I'm really blessed man like i there's not a lot of people out there who can who can say all those same things that they had parents who were supportive despite being divorced and and i was blessed with two amazing step parents who i love dearly so you know in terms of my life i've been very fortunate you know, and a lot of the the struggles that I've that I've had have either come from mistakes or bad choices that I've made, or just you know, again, a, a lot of the the things that happen in my head are, are just in my head. And I and so I say all that to say on this little rant to start this show that uh, whatever that negative energy is from 2020 or whatever things you got going on, just just remember you have the ability to control your your input. You know. Um, and that it, at the same time, there's no shame in getting help. There's no shame in getting therapy at all. I'm so thankful that we're in times where people are talking about mental health. They're talking about mental well-being, mental illness, mental struggles, you know, things things that when I was younger were still, especially as a dude, were, were more hush-hush, you know what I mean? You didn't speak on them too much. So all that being said, man, like it's a new year. Um you know, and, and if you feel like you need to get help, definitely go get help. But, but always remember, we, we do get to decide how we let people treat us. We do get to decide how we respond to things. We do get to decide, you know, what what we let, you know, enter our sphere of, of living and, 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 you know, our day-to-day life, right? And then we get to choose how we want to react to it or if we want to react at all. So, you know, just remember that. Just just remember in 2021, there's a lot of good things going on. There's a lot of good people out there. And uh, there, there's a lot of hope and positivity. So put your energy into that. You know, really write down your goals and, and think about what you want out of yourself, what you expect from yourself, the standards that you set for yourself. Uh, and don't, don't uh, let yourself cross that line of accountability. Don't let yourself fall short. You know what I mean? So all of those things are going through my mind as I record this uh, towards the end of the month of, of the first month of 2021, man. You know, it was tumultuous in 2020, to say the least. Unfortunately, there might be some people listening to this who have lost a loved one to COVID or know somebody who knows somebody who, who, who died of COVID. Maybe you had it and went through a rough time, or maybe there were just other things going on in your life. But, uh, but if you're here, uh, just keep that in mind. You're still here. And you can choose to to try to turn those negatives into positives, and there's a lot of outlets to do that. So pay attention to what you focus on, hold yourself accountable, and just uh, let your light shine, man. You know, I'm I'm not a therapist myself. Uh, you know, uh, I've sought help, and uh, you know, I'm working through things. You know, and uh, I'm not ashamed to say that. You know, um, and uh, and and it's important that we have these discussions as people. And that we look after each other and that we take care of each other and, uh, and and take care of ourselves, man. Be good to yourself. If you're not good to you, ain't, ain't nobody else going to be good to you either. You know what I mean? So that, that's that's the truth. So all that being said, it all ties into this week's episode because this is a band that uh, connected with me on Instagram. And, and I saw I got a new follow and I was like, oh, shoot, who's that? You know, because... I don't got a lot of followers right now because I'm relatively relatively new to the game, uh, and there's all kinds of marketing and stuff that goes on out there that your boy is still trying to to get a, a hold of and figure out. But all that being said, man, it's one thing that's been really cool about uh, getting on Instagram and kind of using it as a way to leverage, 
you know, getting more people to listen to these episodes so we can all lift each other up and inspire each other with, with the show. Uh, as idealistic as that may sound, that is my goal with this podcast, man. If you're here, I hope you take something positive away from it and you just, you know, you're ready to hit the ground running and do good things in your world and your life. But uh, this band followed me and I, I looked up their story. I listened to their their to their latest single at the time and uh, I really dug the vibe. I really, really dug the the background behind their band name and was just really, really super excited about it. So I hit them up and they were like, yeah, we would love to get on the podcast. So all that being said, this week's episode features Aaron Gonzalez, vocalist and guitarist of the band Lost at Sea. They are based in Dallas, Texas. They're rounded out by Carlos Garza on the drums and Philip Baugh on bass. And they're part of Revival Recordings. That's their record label. And their single, On My Own, which came out at the end of October, was great. I loved it. And as of recording this, this past Friday, which would be the 29th now, they dropped their latest single called Collider, which was awesome. We talk about on this show, but... uh, but yeah, Aaron and I got a chance to catch up. He he's a great dude. Uh, that the lyrics in their songs are really powerful. I really dug the 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 chorus and collider and just the the vibe of that song and on my own and you know uh, it, it's just an example to me of of what this podcast is all about in terms of perseverance and moving forward. And Aaron and I talk about the theme behind the band name Lost at Sea. You know some of the things that he went through. In his 20s with, uh, you know, people moving away, some deaths in his family, and just, you know, taking those negatives and turning uh, turning it into positives with the music of Lost at Sea. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Aaron Gonzalez, vocalist and guitarist of the band Lost at Sea. Here it is. <laughs> Sweet. Well, first, Aaron, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for taking the time, dude. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, uh, we're really grateful to be able to talk to you. Yeah. So it's it's um, obviously it's crazy times as we were talking before I hit record. You know, with with COVID and everything that even just happened within our country in the last year and even within the last month. It's it's. Uh, I feel like we're it's a it's a time of transition. Obviously, uh, it's been a little tumultuous, but there's also been a lot of good happening. Um, you know, and just as somebody who loves music and as somebody who has been privileged to do stuff like this with guys like you over the years with musicians and stuff, and somebody who has like a really big passion for music myself, you know, that's something that's definitely got me through, man. And um, like I said, when I saw that. Uh, you know, you guys connected uh, with me on Instagram. I, I looked up some some stuff about your band and listened to On My Own and, and listened to Collider, which just came out for people listening, which is a great track. And uh, it really resonated with me and kind of the theme of this podcast, too, with like perseverance and moving forward. It was just kind of trippy how even the band name Lost at Sea, kind of the meaning behind behind that. So just just as a starting place, man, um, you're you're in Texas, right? Did did you grow up there as well? Are you and the guys in the band you all from there? Yeah, yeah, we're all from Texas. We're we met in College Station, which is where Texas A and M is at. So um, we all ended up in that place. But myself and our bassist Phil are from here in North Texas. I'm from Fort Worth. He's from Wichita Falls, and our drummer is from uh, Del Rio. So like 
along the border, um, like in South Texas. Oh, right on, man. Yeah, I mean, um, I've I've never been, but just um, as as a big music fan, obviously, uh, I know that there's a lot of everything down there. Like when I moved, so I'm originally from the Midwest, and when I moved to Nashville, I was just talking about this with somebody recently. You know, I I had the impression it was just all country down here. You know, and then when I came here, I realized like, oh, no, it's not just country. It's metal. It's rock. It's pop. It's, you know, hip hop. It's indie. And um, and I feel like Texas outside looking in, it seems to be very rich with that down there. Like, obviously, Dallas, I believe it was home to Pantera. You know, um, you've got like ZZ Top. You have uh, a huge country contingent down there, but there's also a lot of great rock and roll, too. So what what was it like growing up there, man? I mean, did the music bug bite you pretty early? Yeah, and I don't think it was necessarily based on being from Texas, because, I mean, for as much great music comes out of here that's not country, you know, the only real big, like, rock band that was in the genre that I was listening to growing up was Bowling for Soup, and they're from Denton. Okay. Uh, so I saw them I saw them at, like, a, uh, a Main Street Arts Festival in Fort Worth, when I was like 12 and I was just like, holy crap. Um, but I like, I'd always been into music <laughs> even before that. And um, so I, I don't think it was necessarily like a Texas inspired thing, but just like, you know, there was always music in the household. So uh, whether it was like my dad and I driving around listening to like Foo Fighters or something, or like being at the house and, you know, we had like a small wall piano you know, it was just music around. All right, on. So, so were your parents into it then? Like, or were, were they musicians as well, or just, or just a, a love for music? Uh, my dad played trumpet in middle and high school, and so he was always like really into jazz and like classic rock and stuff. So he had a love for music, but he was never like a musician who like played shows and stuff outside of you know school. Okay. So for you, man, what was, um, you know, one thing, uh, one thing I like to ask, and I like to keep it like a conversation too, like, like we're doing now, but there's, there's certain things I do like to touch on with people just cause I'm curious. And, um, you know, like me, I, I remember being a kid and like listening to, you're talking about, you know, listen to Foo Fighters and stuff with your dad. Like when I was really young, um, my dad, my dad's like a real handy guy. Like he built a bathroom in our basement, just got like a jackhammer and figured it out. And like, I'm not like that. I can barely change a tire and change the oil if I had to, you know what I mean? But, uh, but all that said, um, he had, um, some, some nice like cabinet speakers, which I think still exist and work till, till this day. So we had like a nice entertainment system in the living room and, you know, for most of his career, he worked at a, like a medical supply warehouse. So, you know, being indoors all day, he loved coming home and being outside. And then on the weekends, he loved just like, you know, listening to music in the living room and jamming stuff. So everything from like Eric Clapton to the Stones, Led Zeppelin, all that stuff. But uh, Tom Petty, he loved too. And so I, when I was a kid, one of my earliest music memories, I, I had like this little like Mickey Mouse guitar. And we would listen to like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and listen to Free Fall and stuff. So, so for you, what, what hooked you with, uh, with music to, to, you know, you, like you said, your parents were into it, your dad was into it. Um, but what got you into actually, you know, playing music, man? Um, you know, it was 
Some Forty One, All Killer No Filler. When that yeah. album came out, oh man! Like, because at that point, you know, I was what, like ten, okay. maybe eleven. But I had been listening to like NSYNC, Britney Spears, Mandy Moore, which like you know that music is incredible. Like, I used to like. Can I can we can we curse on this podcast? Are we good. Oh that? yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah, I used to shit on that stuff all the time <laughs> after I like got into punk rock and stuff. But, um, but yeah, what actually got me playing guitar was that record. Yeah, man. I so so we're probably pretty. Cl- close in age then because i'm I'm going on 33 and i was uh, i think i was in junior high ish when that came out because i was what like 2000 2001 uh, i think right around there yeah um and that was a crazy time for for music because like you said uh you know uh the pop and the boy bands were were leading the way but at the same time corn was like the biggest band on the planet Mm -hmm. and you know we we would come home from school my sister and I, and we would watch like TRL with Carson Daly, like religiously. Yeah. So anytime like POD or corn or some 41, um, like to this day into deep, I love that video and that song from some mm-hmm. 41 and the guitar work in that song. Like I've always been fascinated by guitar. Like, I mean, they, they have a lot of like amazing riffs too. So, mm-hmm. so that was the first record that really made you go, okay, I gotta, I gotta really explore this more. Yeah. Cause I think it was, I mean, I've never been like a rebellious kind of kid. Like I, I was like straight A's teacher's pet. So I don't know why that album like hit me the way it did. <laughs> but I was just like, you can say and make these kinds of noises. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was just really cool. And like a lot of their guitar was inspired by Metallica. So like fusing the pop punk with that was, I mean. I didn't have the the language at the time to even begin to dissect it, but I don't know, man. Yeah, and then from there it just kind of blossomed into you know that whole scene that came up, uh, poked in through the the uh, what was that? I guess TRL. Yeah, did have a lot of those like pop punk emo bands that like peaked in like oh three and stuff but like all of those bands like take back sunday um brand new uh all american rejects like when those started coming out i was like oh okay this is a thing that i would love to do yeah there was definitely there was definitely a wave like you said um and i remember like like newfound glory um Mm -hmm. you know when i was starting in high school and, and those guys uh obviously blink 182 you know they're like the yeah, godfathers of, of the pop punk and yeah. and then i think it's it's been cool over the years to see bands like a day to remember take it to even another level you know bring in like the metalcore elements and stuff so um yeah. so for you man like you you sing and uh for people who don't know you, you're the vocalist and guitarist uh in lost at sea so you know talk to me a little bit about navigating that like what was your first guitar and then when did you when did you discover your voice, man? Like, when did you, when did you really, when did you really, because that takes a lot of, uh, that takes a lot of guts, too. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people who are really good singers. Like, I didn't find out till years later, quick, quick uh, aside, which I do this a lot, but I didn't find out till years later that uh, just listening to interviews and stuff from him that uh, Chris Cornell, you know, didn't, he he didn't start out as like, you know, like a singer. And it, and it took him some time to get his confidence up 
and and now he's obviously known as one of the best singers to ever do it right so for you what was what was your first guitar and then what was what was that process for you like um navigating being a vocalist and a guitarist like at what point did you, you discover your voice oh man that's a, that's a loaded question um <laughs> my first i do a lot i'm sorry <laughs> yeah no it's good so the for the guitar that i learned on was my sister's it was this like little uh classical guitar that didn't have nylon strings on it for some reason as i don't know she took guitar lessons from the nuns at the church that we were going to at the time and i found the chord book and i was like okay i'm gonna teach myself this so like that was the guitar that i learned on the first electric guitar that i had when i was like okay like time to step things up uh i got a shucker diamond series um, and one of those box um, modeling amps, it's like a Valtronics. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was able to, you know, like twist the knob and go from like clean to like super heavy. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I had that that weird superiority over the people who were playing the Spider 30s, you know, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, it was like half tube. I think it was like the preamp or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's the guitar that I learned on, like how to actually like play electric. Um, and as far as like my singing voice, that has been a continual process, like from the time I started playing. Because um, I always wanted to. I always knew that I like wanted to sing. But <laughs> when I was first starting out. Um, I figured out how to multi-track using the MP3 player that I had, the laptop that was sitting around at the house that I could burn CDs on. So I would record using the microphone on the MP3 player. I would do like either a drum thing, which started out on drums, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did that in like sixth grade on in um, in band, and then my parents got me a drum set. And then I started learning guitar like around that time. But so I would like, I would play a song on the drums and record that into the mirror, which was like clipping hard. Then I would burn that onto a CD, play that through a stereo and then record guitar while like through the oh, MP3. Wow. So I was like multi-tracking all that. And then I would sing on top of it, but I was like bent over singing into the microphone that was right next to the speaker and so it <laughs> obviously sounded bad and i was just like okay well this doesn't sound good i don't think i'll ever be able to front a band no that's cool though because that's yeah. i feel like that's uh you know to 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 have the gumption to even to multi-track like that and it's funny you say that about Schechter and uh vox because like no lie right now in my bedroom i still have the same vox valvetronics i think it's a 30 watt uh yeah. amp that I got from Peeler Music in Toledo, where I'm from, and uh, I had a, uh, I had a Schecter Damien six, uh, and it had like the mother had the pearl, yeah, yeah, like yeah, but the, but you know what, those I to this day I I have um I still have a I have a C1 Stealth now, um, and it's still in like a satin black finish. It's uh, uh a little bit more subdued, you know. There's not mother of pearl bats on it and stuff uh 10 year old dude i loved like metal and stuff and it's got um uh i had some seymour duncan pickups put in it uh so and it's got a push pull tone so you can you can 
do nice you tap it. clean yeah. but no no i think you're when you're multi-tracking right so i think even taking the steps to do that is is taking a little bit more initiative than probably i think a lot of people at that age that maybe just might try to jam with somebody else or um you know try to find their voice in like a group um i mean how how did that then transition into like playing yeah so that part didn't even come into play until after college but i mean like i always wanted to be in a band so like i had okay this i I was in a couple of like garage bands that practiced twice but for the most part my musical quote-unquote career was really just me playing at coffee shops and like open mics from high school through college and um the first time i played and sang out in public was uh a freshman year of high school i invited all my friends i was like all right guys i'm gonna do this it's gonna be awesome i'm gonna play like you know all the songs that my friends love and i got sick the day before and it was awful it was so bad and like i didn't know what i was doing obviously like technicality wise i just like i knew that i wanted to sing so i had like the whatever behind it but it was just like on top of me being sick it was just so bad and most of those people never came back to see me play again uh well i mean but i feel i feel like you hear that too though with um any any anybody who performs live the the first couple times you get on stage right it's, it's got to be pretty nerve-wracking even if, like you said even even though you knew you wanted to do it you know um so did you have like an acoustic yeah kind of like plug-in guitar like you just plug in and play and okay so well, what went bad about it did you think like that a... you just sound good or oh well i mean it was mostly because i was sick oh okay okay yeah Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to step on. So you, you, you had. Did you have one of the acoustics where you can, you can like plug in and and do that whole thing? Um, I bought one of the like you the pickups that you like put in the sound hole, and then had that running out. Is it hard to overcome that, man? Because I think I think you're still here, so you overcame that. But uh, how long from that first show did it take you to get back on the stage again, or or were you able to overcome it pretty quickly? You know, I can't remember if I even like took that much time off because the the only open mic that I knew did monthly. And so I was there pretty consistently throughout high school and until they had like sold the building. But, um, yeah, and then I started playing with another guy who like played on bass, and we just wrote like uh, tame versions of Tenacious D songs. So there's just like ridiculous <laughs> stuff because like I found at that point in time all the lyrics that I was writing, all the lyrics that I were writing, I was writing were like super dramatic and like way over the top for the kind of thing that I was wanting to do, and it just nothing ever worked. And then we we're like just made some dumb songs and started playing them and it was fun um but it took me a long time to trust both my voice and my lyric writing like it wasn't until after college when i wrote a song that i really thought felt like a song really it took it took it took that many years you 
just to kind of perfect it or feel confident enough to keep keep going in the direction you want to go? Yeah, yeah, because especially in college, like I didn't find the music community in College Station until most of the way through college. So like I wasn't around that. I wasn't focused on music. I was just kind of like going to school. I wanted to be a professor for philosophy at that point. In time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I was studying, but, um, yeah. So then when I finally found the people and the bands that, and and the scene that was happening there, um, then I was finally able to kind of get back into it and start writing again and, and start performing. So when you were going to school, a little thing that you would do on your own, like basically like a continuation you started when you were younger in terms of recording and multi-tracking and stuff, like while you were away from studying and stuff, that was just something you would do and you would perform like you said, like the coffee shops or whatnot until it actually got to be with other people? Yeah, I mean, I don't think at that point in time I had any ideas about like, I mean, you know, touring didn't even seem like a possibility because I didn't have a band. So yeah. it was it was really just like playing for the love of it, you know? Yeah. So what so what is the music scene like down there in College Station? Uh, is it is it pretty... Is it pretty eclectic? I mean, do you you got like a pretty good mix of places that that both have have you know live bands and stuff, and also in terms of the music scene itself. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those places that you know the it's not an A or B market by any means, but like the community there is so tight knit and supportive that we were able when we started to gain foothold. You know, pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, there's like maybe three or four venues that bands can play at and um, other places that you can, you know, play open mics. Um, and then the people there are fairly connected to other like smaller college towns throughout Texas, like up in Denton, um, where UNT is at. And um, so we just like started making connections. But yeah, I was in a band before lost at sea slash Carrasco, which we recently changed our name um but i was only playing okay. and doing in that yeah so that's kind of how like my introduction to that scene happened so how old are you now you, you mentioned like uh like are you around 30 like 29 30 yeah, yeah i'm turning 30 later this year well happy happy almost 30 and the only reason i asked that is because i'm just trying to get a, uh, an idea of the timeline in my head and when you brought up some 41 and the age you were so so yeah. you you mentioned studying philosophy and stuff in college. So you so you probably what like twenty what twenty three twenty four by the time you started playing in in bands. Yeah, I was about twenty two, twenty three, something like that. Um, it really wasn't until Caresco, well, the what would become Lost at Sea, um, that I did any significant regional or national touring, and it was all DIY. Okay. So you're just getting in the van and just hustling, going going to different venues. Yeah, and... yeah, man. There were a few times we okay. So we bought this suburban that we named Barb because it was like right when uh, Stranger Things came out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she was a mess. Um, we we were leaving on the second leg of like our. Uh, like we we're heading towards the the Midwest and the East Coast, and literally the first day before we even got to Oklahoma, the steering 
gave out in the middle of rush hour traffic. So we had to like figure out a way to like get it to a shop. Took like seven hours. We almost missed the show. And we started off like seven or eight hundred in the red. Oh my gosh. That's pretty scary to have steering go out in rush hour tra- traffic. Uh, yeah, that's it was not terrifying. an enviable position. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Barb deserved yeah. better, by the way. I saw that on a t shirt. Oh, I was absolutely. like, she did. Barb absolutely deserved better. <laughs> <laughs> well, the this the sound of uh the sound of the band I, I really enjoy, man. Like I said, um, you know, after after uh we connected on Instagram and I checked out um on my own uh and, and just the name of the band and and you know I'll, I'll let you dive into that a little bit but just um you know lost at sea in terms of you know the the nature of life and kind of how people can come and go and sometimes you feel like you're out on your own but you you manage to find your way back like um it it really it really hit me too. And that's why I wanted to get you guys on here. Cause I was like, man, like that, I just feel like with this podcast, you know, one thing that I'm trying to do, um, and maybe it's a little idealistic, right? I'm not uh, Joe Rogan or somebody who's got a million downloads an episode by any stretch. Uh, but, um, but what I hope people take away from this show and these conversations, man, is just, um, whatever it is that they do in their lives, you know, that, that these conversations inspire them to, to chase their dreams too. So, I thought it was really cool uh, when I when I looked up about your guys' band uh, and even listening to the songs. The lyrics seem to be very personal, but the, at the same time, very relatable. So can can you talk a little bit about um, the, the changing of the band name? Because I know that's always hard to come up with a new band name. Um, but beyond the fact that it sounds cool, there, there's obviously a deeper meaning there, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, so what what i wanted to do when when we started this band was i mean i had just finished college it was like 2014 2015 and i was experiencing like a lot of different stuff like i mean it's such a weird point in in life because like some people are like some of my friends were engineers so they you know moved to california and got a six-figure job some of my friends were like you know getting married already and I was there in a band, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I had, um, you know, a couple of close either family members or friends, family members pass away. And so there was a lot of stuff happening. And at that point in time, it's so hard to to try and work through what those things mean and how to get through them. And so for me, music was my way of articulating those things and trying to make sense of all of it. And um, so the name Carrasco even has a similar meaning as Lost at Sea. Like what we wanted to capture with our new name is just that same feeling of like having to battle with, you know, all these opposing forces like coming at you and, and figuring out how to manage those things and stay afloat and try and find your way back, you know. Yeah, it is. It is it's a weird time, man. Like uh, the year that I got out of college, um, I broke up with my girlfriend at the time, like six months later. And then um, I had started writing uh, for, for the local paper back home. I was doing music features and I was doing uh, sports writing. I was doing stuff with a local uh, sports broadcasting company. So all these great things were happening 
like uh, in terms of building blocks for the things that I wanted to do. But I had a relationship that was like, and then um, by September of that year, broke up with my girlfriend in January at the time. And then by September of that year, my grandpa, who I was extremely close to, I still wear a necklace of his every single day. He he passed away that September. So it really is, man. And it's, it's really weird. Uh, you know, we were talking about that pop, you know, pop punk earlier and, um, mm. you know, even, even Blink-182, uh, you know, nobody likes you when you're 23. Like, uh, like <laughs> when, when I yeah. was 23, I felt like, I felt like I related to that because it was like, there was such a weird dichotomy I felt like in my life at that time, just relating to what you're talking about of, um, you feel like you're, you're, you take two steps forward, but then one step back, it kind of felt like that, you know, like I had these things happening career wise, but emotionally I was just a wreck because my grandpa passed away. I was dealing with letting go of this relationship, uh, that, that, you know, ended. So I, I can, I can kind of understand where you're coming from in terms of you have these people that you're close to moving away or going to school, you're trying to figure out what to do. It is, it's a, it's a very odd time in life for, for sure. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. So for you, what was it like to have music though, as an outlet for that? You know, cause you know, one thing is a, as a, somebody who loves heavy music too, like I've always said that to people, like for me, it's, it's a positive release of negative emotion you know uh if i listen to like machine head or if i listen to metallica or you know like uh, bands like that that i love gojira like it's um it really means something or even kill switch you know jesse leach his lyrics man are just he pours his heart and soul in his stuff so so is that was that the outlet then in the medium for you to then translate those those difficulties into was the band oh yeah absolutely um i mean you definitely couldn't hear it as much in the recordings of like the first, the first, uh, Carrasco, uh, EP, but like even live, we would play them and I would just like yell half the lyrics. So <laughs> even on the songs that sounded like, um, you know, singer songwriter esque, I would still just go all out, you know, to kind of combat all of the crazy shit that was happening in my life. It was like the only thing I could control, really. What what ultimately helped get you through that, Aaron, beyond just the music? I mean, did you have people close to you that were kind of helping you, you know, at least direction-wise, kind of kind of get the, no pun intended, but kind of get the, the ship back on course and, like, you know, figure figure out what direction to take? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, therapy, for one. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, my parents are so, so supportive. Uh, I'm... I know I'm lucky in that respect, not only just as a, a human, you know, to have parents that are there for me, but also like I've been in bands with guys whose parents are not on board with it because, you know, there's no security. There's no guarantee. There's nothing. You're essentially just taking a gamble. Um, but especially since I finished school and was able to have the degree just in case. Um, yeah, my parents have been awesome about all of this so that's great man yeah it's it's helpful to have that support system because how many great artists uh whether it's music or painting or film how many people just let the dream die because there's that battle between creativity and practicality you know and i i've struggled with it in in my life you know what i mean where it's like uh there was that there was a time where i put this kind of stuff down you know what i mean because i i felt like man i got to 
I got to get out the house. I got to figure things out. I got to get out on my own. And, but, um, you know, maybe you can relate to this too. And, and by the way, I'm not trying to make it by, about me. So I hope for people listening, I'm just relating here, but, but creatively, I feel like whatever that thing is, it's kind of innate, right? Like you didn't, you didn't ask to be interested in music. It's something that grabbed you. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you had parents that, uh, you know, helped you, helped you keep that dream alive. Um, so lyrically, you know, obviously at this point, I, I would, I would guess like you're probably more confident in, in your songwriting, you know, for, for this upcoming record. Hey guys, it's Mike. I'm actually hopping in and interjecting real quick here because the audio got so bad at this point on my end of the conversation with Aaron that without doing like a little prequel here, uh, to, to his next answer, uh, it would have been a very like, you know, SNL-esque cut in of me asking the question and there's no way anybody listening to it wouldn't have known that I just copy and pasted a new question in there because the audio sounds so different. But essentially, I had to cut out like 30 seconds of audio before his answer, which was in response to a question that I'm getting ready to ask him about Lost at Sea's latest single, Collider and how the subject matter of the song actually came from a dream their drummer Carlos had where his girlfriend got into a car accident and he wasn't able to do anything about it and just sort of the terror of dealing with that. So any hoosers, I, uh, rather than putting in like a, a blatant, obvious cut and paste and have the, uh, the listener go, oh my gosh, that was like super obvious, I felt it better to at least uh, give you a little, little preamble about... Uh, the answer and what exactly happened here unfortunately there was no way for me to like edit it together where it didn't sound uh you know bad because there was just cutting in and out so unfortunately it happens but nonetheless here is aaron gonzalez's response to me asking him about the song and the concept of the song collider yeah so that one was probably one of the more interesting ones to write on the record because it wasn't my experience in the past, a lot of what I'd written about is either things that had happened to me or things that I had observed happening to people close to me in my world and sphere and translating that into music. But this is one that Carlos, our drummer, had. Uh, he had had this dream and he came to me and he was like, OK, so this is a thing that happened and it might be a, a cool song because um, it was like a legitimately terrifying fear for him when he woke up. Um, so he told me about it and he was like, yeah, I was like on the phone with my girlfriend and I could hear as soon as she got into the wreck, like the glass shattering and like the metal crunching and all of this stuff. And when everything went quiet, all he could hear was her crying. And he was like yelling into the phone, trying to get her to like respond and the dream ended when he got into his truck and like slammed the door and turned the car on. Yeah. And so when he woke up, he like, he, it was one of those realizations where like, you know, you just have, if someone's important to you, you just have to tell them. Cause like you literally never know. Cause the dream felt so real. And like for as many people as, I've known either friends or family that have passed away, like, especially since, you know, I started writing songs for this band. Um, 
you know, it's, it's just one of those things that I have to keep reminding myself all the time. Like the time we have is short and like, there's no sense in, in not telling someone you care if, even if it's for a dumb reason, like just be there for people, you know, make sure they know they care that you care about them. Yeah, man, it is. It's, and I think I think the timing of this release, too, with everything that's going on with COVID-19, so, so many people are having, sadly, having to deal with that in real time, right? Like losing people close to them that they never thought, you know, they thought they'd get another 30, 40 years with. And this virus is just, it's sadly taking people out. So I feel like the timing of this re- release, it's... um. For for you, was that a creative challenge to take to take something that somebody else went through and and translate the way you did? Um, is is that d- different than how you normally would would process like writing a song? Yeah, for sure. Um, I I had him like write out everything that he could remember, and then I took that and I mean, at that point, it wasn't as different as me, you know with my normal process which is honestly kind of a mess <laughs> uh, so it was a little <laughs> bit more methodical i could be a little bit more removed from it which i mean honestly might have helped but you know it's it's funny yeah. that you mentioned the state of the world that we're in right now because we recorded these songs in september of 2019 so we've been sitting on them for okay. a long time and this was like before anything related to COVID was happening so like Oh, wow. This song relates so much to what's happening now. And On My Own was the first one that we released. And right now, you know, everybody's having to, you know, shelter in place and, you know, not see their friends. We did not. I, I wondered that when, when you guys had this album coming out, if um if this is something that had been done, like, within the last year. But the fact that, that you, you guys pen these, like what a year and a half ago or whatever um and how relatable they are now i mean on one end it's i i feel like that is kind of a weird thing right because on one end it's it's great for the band to have material that a lot of people can relate to right but on the other end it's just strange how the world works that we're in this situation right now um where because of these awful circumstances it's like you know uh, like you said a song like on my own or even collider is more at the forefront you know yeah yeah, it's it's so strange. But I, for me, it's validating as a songwriter that you can take this song and put it into almost any context or give it to someone and they can relate to it. You know, I think that's probably yeah, cause I got to imagine that's a, a song that's pretty all right. <laughs> yeah, because I got to imagine that's part of the challenge, right? Like, um, you know, like taking something that's really personal to you but but being able to to put it in a medium like music where maybe it's not so on the nose but other people can can grab onto it is is that is that something that's that's a challenge for you personally or do you feel like you've been able to navigate that okay over the years just through experience of of singing and writing now um you know i think it's something that i'm continually learning um the our basis He's the guy who I take the songs to and he helps me make sure that it's in in some way universal, that it's not too personal. So uh, I use him as a sounding board uh, to make sure that, you know, I'm not not getting too far in the weeds. And how how long have you, Philip and uh, Carlos, been, been at this now, Aaron? Uh, we've been at it since 
Um, I think it's been five and a half years now. Oh, wow. Well, that's that's great from a chemistry standpoint, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of time invested with with the same musicians. Uh, you know, as you've gone through this this process, even with um, you know Carrasco and then and then changing the name that Lost at Sea. I mean, how is that that bond developed over the years and reflected itself in 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 the LP that you guys have coming out? Yeah, I mean, we've you we've been playing for over five and a half years, so like when we're on stage it's almost like i don't have to think about playing which is awesome um because i know that those two guys like the chemistry between phil's bass and carlos's kick drum is insane and it makes me feel so much better as like a guy who has to do sometimes like almost two guitar parts at once or you know, just trying to figure out how to how to add things in while not losing you know the lower end of the spectrum, uh, and then also singing and like dancing on the pedal board. Uh, it makes all of that so much easier when I know that those two guys are completely solid. Yeah, both both of the singles so far, you know, on my own and Collider, I feel like turned out really well, man. Like I, I, um, like I said, I really enjoyed them both, and and the video for Collider was really cool too. Um, you guys were in like that, like a big old. It looked like a big old like uh, abandoned, you know, warehouse. But um, yeah, but I thought it was kind of a cool backdrop for the song, honestly. And then and then at one point, not to spoil anything for anybody, but at one point there is like a like a broken down car <laughs> that's been <laughs> in there. It looks like for you years that's that's in it's in one of the shots in the video was was that a pretty cool experience to go to go take it to that place yeah 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 um so the uh the actual shooting of that music video was pretty funny because um we had to run the lights and the equipment off of um philip's car battery and there was no ac in that warehouse Oh jeez! It was New Jersey in the summer, so if you look close, you can see us like sweating our brains out. <laughs> how how did you guys find that location, man? Uh, the videographer that we worked with, um, who we found through the studio that we were working at, uh, was the guy who picked the place. We sent him the song, uh, like while we were in production, and he was like, "Okay." I think I know a place and it was pretty close to the studio. So it all kind of worked out. So where, where did you guys record this, this upcoming LP, man? Uh, we recorded it in Hamilton, New Jersey at a place called the Lumberyard. It's um, run by Ace Enders from the early November and um, Nick Brzezzi of Man Overboard. Oh, cool. So, so did they, um, did they like like produce and, and mix and master and all that stuff with you guys? We, when we worked with them, we did everything except for mastering, like from pre-production all the way through uh, mixing. Okay. And when you went in, did you guys already have, um, did you guys already have like songs, like in terms of like demos that was, was it all conceptually was the album kind of, did you already kind of know what you wanted to go for? And they just, they helped you guys just sort of tune it up or were, or were you kind of actively working on, on tracks and stuff while you were in the studio with them? 
Well, we had we had a bunch of songs written and when we went in and each day we would come in and show them a song and they helped us so much with like figuring out where our direction was heading next. Like we threw out, I don't know, half the songs that we had and wrote some in the studio, like from scratch. So does this, does this record, uh, you know, some of the themes just looking at, um, you know, from, from what I was reading up about you guys and, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit about just, um, you know, feeling lost at sea just with kind of the nature of life and, and finding your way back and, and dealing with like hope and sorrow and these kind of things. I mean, um, in terms of the headspace that you were in, you know, when you guys were making these songs, man, um, is there, I guess, is there an overall theme to the album itself or, or does each song kind of, kind of stand on its own with this one? Uh, I think because we wrote it all in such a concentrated amount of time, and we were all in the process of moving from College Station to Dallas. It, that informed so much of not only the lyrical content, but the way the music feels, I think. Because we were all, you know, experiencing, you know, after living in a place for eight, ten years, however long we were there. Um, you know, there's a general anxiety about, you know, changing your life around and, and a lot of the themes and things that, that ended up in the lyrics are about, you know, going from one place to another, whether that's, um, emotionally or physically. And we were in the midst of like, I don't know how many months we were on the road in 2019, but it was a lot. Um, so we were like away from home all the time and. And I think, yeah, I mean, the reason why I chose the the title Motion Sickness for the LP is because a lot of it just feels like, you know, even even going back to the name, like you, there's just so much going on and, and having to work through that, it just feels like it's overwhelming at times. Yeah, man, it's, um, you know, like, like we talked about a little bit earlier, there's... Uh, the, your 20s are definitely a, a, an, an interesting time man like it's um you know i'm i'm kind of a worry wart by nature and have some ocd tendencies and anxiety stuff that i'm working on you know but um my my 20s felt like uh i was kind of always looking for the next thing you know what i mean like when i was in mm-hmm. high school i was worried about college and then when i was in college i was like oh okay well when is the job gonna come you know like what what is that position look like and then you just sort of get to the point where you realize like life is what you make it change is the only constant and you really just kind of have to be able to deal with the highs and the lows and and try to stay as even keel as as possible you know what i mean there's not there's not that destination where it's just you're gonna be like ah like it you know what i mean it's i made it yeah exactly yeah (laughs) yeah i totally agree with that man it's it's I think that's, you know, a lot of what the songs that I write grapple with. Because, like, I mean, like you were saying, you spend your whole life um, And when you finish school and that thing doesn't happen or the job doesn't materialize, or, you know, the relationship that you're in falls apart. It's so disorienting. And having to work through that is is the work that needs to be done, you know? 
Yeah, well, I think I think it sounds like, man, that this album there, there's going to be a lot of people that relate to it. Not not only because of the times that we're in, but I think, you know, there's a lot of people who deal with that, you know, and and I think that, uh, you know, not to get not to get too trippy because I'm not I'm not a philosopher, you know what I mean? But uh, but I feel like life is kind of <laughs> cyclical, right? Like we all, all there's always going to be cycles, and you you are going to always have highs and lows and so i think to have a record that speaks openly about that and isn't afraid to discuss those things i mean you're 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 somebody who loves music man right so you you sing you write you play guitar so i'm sure conviction is something that means a lot to you when it comes to the people that you listen to and it sounds like you have a lot of that in in what you do man so i i personally am really excited to listen to the whole thing yeah man so with revival, before I let you go, Aaron, and thanks again, dude. I really appreciate it, and um, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll make sure I, I work out some of the audio stuff. I'm I'm bummed. I'm sorry that the internet <laughs> connection wasn't better today for whatever reason, but uh, oh, that's all right, man. But it's still been a pleasure talking with you, man. And and uh, I will I will make it sound nice. But um, um, all that being said, man, like so so for you guys, I, I did want to touch on the you know being with revival recordings too, because um, I know. In today's day and age, right, there's there's a lot you can do on your own. And you mentioned like the DIY efforts before um, mm-hmm. with Carrasco. But uh, what was it like linking up with 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 Revival and, and how have they helped you guys kind of, you know, own your sound and, and, and get out to more people? Yeah, the whole process has been awesome. Um, I mean, for the longest time, like I said, you know, it's just DIY shows, you know, playing basements um someone's like shitty house uh we have so many stories about that and like you know we know what it's like to grind and we know what it's like to you know be two thousand bucks in debt when you get back from tour and you still had you know shit that you didn't pay for on top of that so when when we got in touch with revival um I mean, they were so excited about the record and, and, you know, just them showing that interest in us and wanting to put it out and helping us put together the team to release it. Like, you know, we've always done things ourselves. And now that we have like a competent team that gives a fuck about the music that we're putting out, it's, it's honestly one of the coolest. Like if you had told me when I first picked up a guitar, that I'd be releasing a record that I recorded with the guys that I did and putting it out on a label, I would not have believed you. <laughs> I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine what it's like to to see the uh the tangible product when it's done. You know what I mean? Especially in this digital age today. I mean, how how cool is it to to actually just see the artwork and see the whole the whole piece, you know, the pic the whole picture come together. Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. I mean, you spend so long worrying about the songs, trying to get them right, recording them and however long that takes. And getting to the end result where people outside of your immediate band are excited about it. I want to help you put it out. I mean, you know, that's one of the biggest bits of confidence you could have in your song ever. So it's just really cool. Really, really thankful that anyone has listened. You know? 
Well, you guys should be proud, man. It sounds really good. The the video was awesome. Um, you know, before I let you go, can I ask you what do you guys have like a timetable right now of when when you think it'll come out? Or I mean, obviously, I don't want to get you in trouble if if there's not stuff you can't say, but you know, we live in obviously a really weird time, right? Um, and I know there's so much that's still uncertain this year, even with the vaccine and the virus. But can you can you kind of touch on maybe even tentatively sort of what you what you guys have on the horizon in 2021? Yeah, oh, God, that that year sounds so strange. Um, it does. It does. My brain, my brain is still like in April of 2020. <laughs> somewhere some i mean if i get in trouble whatever but we're putting out another single um march 26th and then the whole record comes out april 30th okay cool cool well you've got some good teasers man you got some good stuff for people to chew on right now in the meantime and um i'm excited to get this out there to people as well and 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 give them a little bit more background on you guys um it's it's been great talking to you. I'm going to ask you a couple quick hitters, real quick, and maybe they're not super cool. quick hitters. Questions I've asked before, and thanks again so much, Aaron, for the time. Um, yeah, thank you. You're welcome, dude. Anytime, and this doesn't have to be a one time thing. Anytime you want to come back and chat, man, let me know. Um, so if you if you could take let's say let's say five five albums that you know mean the most to you and put them in a time capsule for people a thousand years from now to, to dig up and listen to what would those what would those records be you know oh, whether man. whether they influence you at your core or just as a songwriter or just just albums that that you could put in right now and listen front to back mm, okay Bill's album um boston self-titled uh one by one by Beggars by Thrice and and uh, tell all your friends by Take Back Sunday. I think we'll go with those. What was There's probably what was, so many others? <laughs> what was the first one before? Was it Boston? What was the first one before that? Uh, the White Album, Beatles. Okay. Yeah, huge, hugely influential record for sure. No, that's a good. I think that's a that's an eclectic taste, man, for sure. Yeah. What about if you could put like your dream? Um, you know, they could be you know musicians from any era, dead or alive. You know, so it could be Bowie and Jimi Hendrix, or it could be you know people from from today. If you could take like two guitarists, a bassist, a drummer, and a singer, like if you you know, after we get off the phone with this podcast and you, you saw on the news, like this super group's getting together, what, what would blow your mind personally, where you'd be like, oh my gosh, I, I, I can't wait till that comes out. What, what combinations of musicians would that be for you that you'd be like, I have to get that. Oh God. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't think I've ever been that interested in super groups. Like it always just seems like chaos to me. Cause like, I feel like you have to have the right mix of like people who are chill, people who are like really hard headed and people that like hold the group together. Yeah. And with the super group, I feel like you'd probably run into everybody's so ego on like a million. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say if you've heard of them, crooked vultures, it's um, Dave Grohl, um, 
Josh Holm from Queens of the Stone Age and um oh god, who's the other guy? He's like super famous. Um John Paul Jones. It's bananas. Yeah, them crooked vultures. I you know, I gotta go back and revisit that, man. I remember when that came out. Um yeah. but I, I gotta go back and check that one out because I I like you said, when I saw those names, I was like, Whoa, that's insane. Cause Dave Dave went back and played the drums on that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to revisit that, man. Well, Aaron, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time, man. Thanks thanks for, for battling through some audio issues. Uh, I, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, it's hit or miss with uh, with this. But um, but nonetheless, man, it was a great conversation. And I'm, I'm really thankful for the time. Uh, I'll put up the links in the description for this episode. Uh, but but one more time, let, let the people know where they can find you um, and where they can find Lost at Sea and check out the music. Yeah, yeah. And thank you again for, for all of this. This has been so much fun. Uh, we should talk again soon. Um, yeah, so find us on socials at Lost at Sea TX. And then we also have a website, Lost at Sea com. We got merch, links, all the kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but if you're still listening, thanks. <laughs> well, Aaron, thanks again, dude. Have a great rest of your Saturday, man. Let's keep in touch. This has been fun. All right, dude. Talk soon. All right, thanks. Bye. All righty, Dighty. There you have it. That was my conversation with Aaron Gonzalez, vocalist and guitarist of the band Lost at Sea, based out of Dallas, Texas. Make sure you go follow those guys on Instagram at Lost at CTX and on Twitter at Lost at CTX. I will make sure that I put up the uh, the links in the description for this episode of the podcast and make sure you check out their music man they've got on my own and collider out right now they're off of the upcoming lp motion sickness which is aaron shared on this podcast will be coming out in april 2021 so thank you so much again to everybody for listening and thank you so much aaron for taking the time man it was great to catch up with you i appreciate you powering through the audio issues uh, and I appreciate everybody listening to this power through the audio issues too, man. I, I apologize. You know, I try to try to make sure this bad boy sounds as professional as possible. But unfortunately, in these unique times that we're in, right, when you do things remotely, uh, and not just with the unique times we're in, because you know most of the time I'm not in the same place as uh, as the artists that uh, I have on the show. Even even pre-COVID, a lot of the interviews that I did back in the day, bands were on the road and stuff. So a lot of a lot of my history doing this stuff is either over the phone with phone interviews back in the day and with uh, the, you know, the continued growth of media technology. It's it's more Zoom and Skype-based now. So all that being said, I, I have a pretty good internet connection, but if there is a little bit of weather, uh, it, it does kind of interfere sometimes with the signal. Once we turned our video off, it got a little bit better, but uh, I tried to clean it up the best I could. So Aaron, I appreciate you hanging in there, man. And I appreciate everybody else hanging in there. Once again, these guys are uh, a great, a great, great band, man. Like I, I can't tell you how excited I am to listen to Motion Sickness and check out the full record, which is coming out as Aaron shared on the show in April. So revival. I hope you guys aren't upset with me or him for sharing that, but uh, I think it's something to really look forward to, man. Uh, it was, it was really cool to learn more about where he came from and what he powered through and being able to turn those negatives into positives through the lyrics and uh, again if you haven't checked out on my own or collider the 
two singles they've released thus far over the past couple of months um, on my own as i mentioned came out in october collider came out just a couple of days ago as of recording this i think it was january 29th so available everywhere you can find music stream it like it love it listen to it the videos on youtube it's a great video for collider really dug it uh, obviously if you listen to the the podcast you heard that conversation where we talked about it so yeah man just positive vibes all the way around and aaron again thank you so much man for your time uh for the music that you're making let's definitely keep in touch and uh i i can't wait to see what's on the horizon for you guys so i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed for everybody for 2021 man that we can get some live music back that we can get some some live shows back and and when it comes back definitely go check out lost at sea i think you're going to hear a lot more from these guys in the future man i think they got a really good sound and they put their heart into their music and it's awesome so again i want to give a shout out to the other guys in the van uh the band the van well they're going to be in the van if they're on the road but um the other guys in the band philip ball on bass carlos garza on drums lost at sea tx on instagram lost at sea tx on twitter check the podcast description for the links and yeah man i appreciate everybody listening to the show again thank you so much for powering through the audio issues on this one unfortunately like i said there was a little bit of weather but we made it through it i still think it turned out really awesome aaron's a great dude and uh, he deserves your attention and so does his band so once again on twitter you can find me at mike v Bauman. On Instagram, you can follow the podcast at March4thPod, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. I am in a lot of the main places that you can find podcasts and also stream music, so iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can find me on all those. There's also other apps like Podbean, which is the host site for the podcast, Podcast Addict. Uh, there's there's several of them out there, So, but those are the main ones, iHeart, Spotify, and Apple, you can find the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. So I love you all. I really mean it. I appreciate anybody who's checking out the show. And I hope you use this as fuel to find the motivation in your life to make positive changes in 2021, whatever it is. Start that band, start that business, lose that weight, uh, you know, call that person that uh, you you want to make amends with. Tell Tell somebody that you haven't told who you do love, that you love them. You know, whether it's your mom, your dad, a sibling, like squash all the beef and just be good to people, man, because that's what that's what it's all about. So on that note, I'll say keep the faith and be kind to one another. I'm going to leave you guys courtesy of Aaron with Lost at Sea's latest single, Collider. Here it is. Yell back, but it wasn't enough